In quarantine, another week of uh, of the craziness, but uh, we persevere around here at CFA. You can find me on Twitter at FantasyRat13, and you can jo- join my you can follow my co-host at CKutzerFF. What's going on tonight, Cody? Not much, man. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we started to record. I'm just uh, hoping that I'm able to make it through without having to run off the screen. Had a had a little bit of ice cream beforehand, and. Uh, it's like playing Russian roulette with my butthole. So hopefully I can, hopefully I don't disappear off the screen. You don't have to finish this by yourself. But like you said, we persevere. So I'm going to try and try and clench that sphincter and uh, gonna try and push through, man. That is fantastic. I think that's the best intro we've ever had right there with, with that information. So we, we appreciate that. So um, for the three listeners that we have, we really, you know, hey, you know, it's a, pull back the curtain moment there with that one so anyways uh tonight we have a you know a good show plan we're gonna be talking about some undervalued targets we're not just gonna do you know one specific format we're gonna jump into best ball and we're gonna look at some rookie rookie adp and take a look at some guys who uh maybe a little undervalued there as well so we're just kind of mix it up a little bit uh maybe next week we'll do overvalued and stuff like that kind of uh heading into the draft we're only about three weeks a little uh, maybe three weeks and a couple days away from the draft so at least we have that the coronavirus did not take that away from us but first you know we were gonna we had some plan we were gonna do like a top five candy bar thing but then you know there's been a lot of stuff that's happened so i feel like that we could we could we could scrap that and i got a couple things okay first of all i just saw this a little bit ago did you see that people are sending joe buck their sex tapes and want them to want him to narrate it for them that is fantastic would you do something like that i mean i guess i've already talked about my bowel movements maybe i could videotape that and get him to get him to do a play-by-play of the the molten lava that's bound to (laughs) that's bound to come out but do that i it's so like it's it's so crazy the things that have started to happen because of, you know, the, the unintended consequences from the coronavirus. I mean, you have athletes starting podcasts. You have, like, I've seen some NBA players, like, playing guitar. You have all these, like, at-home, you know, live concerts, so to speak. And then Joe Buck out here just narrating everything and anything he can. But um, that I, I cannot bring myself to send – anybody a sex tape is that uh is that something is that something up your alley is that is that where kevin Steele comes from is that hey. the uh is this a stage name hey you know platinum steel you know our it's, it's already ready it's already branded it's ready to go you know hey hell yeah let, let's go 
you know, hey, you know, I'll show him some moves. You know, some people will take some notes. You know, I want to know what's going on. You know, hey, it is what it is. But uh, so I thought that was hilarious when I saw that. But um, and then the other thing is like, thank goodness for Netflix, right? Because they didn't just just drop us. They dropped us Tiger King, which I don't know. We'll talk about that in a second. But they also dropped us Ozark, which I don't know if you've watched that. Yet. We're not gonna have any spoilers for people that haven't had a chance to watch or maybe got through all the the season. But are you an Ozark fan? Um. Uh, the wife and I just started it, so I'm like five, four or five episodes, <clears throat> four or five episodes in. So to season three or the you the know, start? beginning. Okay, so amazing show, absolutely love it. This uh, last season or the season now, season three, we've almost waited like two years, almost like Game of Thrones style, trying to wait for the next season. So it finally came, and I think the worst part, the best part, it's like the best and the worst part about Netflix is the fact that the that you get the show. But you get it all at once, so you binge through the whole thing because you know we. I have no self discipline to be able to like watch show a night or anything like that to like space it out. Basically, watch the whole thing in like two and a half days. Amazing, amazing. Uh, season three was amazing, and I'm already ready for season four. And hopefully, we don't have to wait forever for that one. It was fantastic. Now with Tiger King, fucking Carol Baskin. If you have not watched it, she definitely did it. <laughs> She definitely killed her husband, but it's a, such an amazing show. And I know, you know, there's people on both sides of it. The people that are like, oh my God, I'm not going to watch this. It's so stupid. And then you have the people that have watched it and like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my entire life. It is just absolutely amazing. And everything that's come of it, it's like Tiger Tiger King mania right now. And crazy because like the guy's in, in jail right now. Because imagine if he wasn't, like this dude would be able to make so much money, which is what he was trying to do. And now, because he's gotten so much fame from this and the dude's in prison. Yeah, dude, it's... it's uh... <laughs> If you have not yet watched it and you're just trying to like protest it because you don't want to jump in when everyone else is talking about it, just do yourself a favor. You you gotta just just give it a chance. Just watch the the first. You know, there's only what like six episodes, I think. So you gotta just just give it a chance. Don't tell anyone you're watching it if that you know if that's how <clears throat> if that's how you roll. But do the the crazy thing to me is like. How do they find out about this story? There's so much crazy shit going on. Like, that's what I would love to know is like how they found out about this and then like all the different connections that they, you know, started to make. Cause at first it's like, oh, this is just gonna be about this murder for hire plot and this woman like killed her husband and is denying it. But then there's like so many other layers to it, and it's just it's crazy. Although I will agree, I saw somebody talk about it and they were like, it's the best thing I've ever watched for six episodes, but I have no interest in, like, I don't, I'm not sure how great the rewatchability is of it. You know what I mean? But like, to watch it the first time is, is phenomenal. And it's, it's definitely something if, uh, if you have the extra time, if you're living that quarantine life and, listening to the cdc you, you got to give it a chance absolutely i mean it's it is amazing it is a train wreck the entire way but like everybody that like we sat there like me and my buddies like that i work with like we all were kind of watching at the same time so like we're like texting in this group chat the entire time about what we're watching and it's, it's the like the greatest thing ever i don't know like it, it's so stupid it's hilarious and you're right like there's so many different things and like in the beginning when the you know the the Scarface dude down in Miami. Like I thought he was gonna play like some big roles. Like this dude's gonna be the like the craziest dude of them all. And he turns out seems like he's like the the, <laughs> the sanest one of them all. Yeah, like the most normal somehow. Yeah, 
Because you have the dude with like the 17 wives. And it, it, it is such a crazy ride watching that show. Thank you, Netflix. It's, it's like, I don't know if Netflix yeah. planned it. Like, oh, like they, they gave it both to us like right at this time when we actually needed it the most. When we had nothing else to do. So so it was uh, season three of Ozark. Was that all just dropped at the same time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you haven't watched it, uh, like I said, I'm not going to get into it. I don't want anybody to, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. I, know, I hate those people that do that. Uh, but it is definitely worth the watch. I love, absolutely love that show. It's one of my favorite shows that, that's out there right now and the stuff that they do. So, anyways, so yeah, other than that, I think uh, I just want to say, you know, I just want to talk about those two things because those two things are pretty hot right now in terms of uh, entertainment because we don't have a whole lot else. There's no sports. We do get the Michael Jordan 10 piece docu- or 10 episode documentary much sooner now. Uh, they decided to, after everybody was like, just release it because everyone's been anticipating it. I think they announced today they're releasing it April 19th. So, and they were supposed to be in June. So I, that's it gives us something else to watch. But yeah, you're right. We've gotten to the point now they're doing like, uh, they're doing like NBA 2K tournaments now with NBA players. Um, they're going to be actually broadcasting it like li- on live television. Like it's not like it's going to be like on Twitch or something like that. It's actually going to be like, I think CBS or something like that's picking it up. Um, yeah, that's where we're at. You know, we got a simulation where people are watching just Madden simulations and stuff like that and like betting money on it and everything else. Like that's where we're at in there right now, you know? Uh, 2000 uh we're in tomorrow's a new month right so when people are listening to this uh, on podcast form it will be uh you know in april and uh hopefully it does and it does not really look like april is going to be any better so hopefully you know with these podcasts and everything else hopefully you know you can find something to kind of lift your spirits up and uh, find some hobbies and you know you know one thing i was thinking about actually since we're talking about best ball on this podcast is we should actually start running some best ball yes like for people and like we could set them up and anybody who wants to join reach us reach out to us on twitter and we could start just running some best ball drafts um through like best ball 10 because drafts now is no longer so i think i think that'd be a really good idea is to get people together and just do some do a bunch of drafts so especially since we're about to talk about that tonight but i thought that would be a maybe a decent idea yeah man absolutely it's i mean this is the the time that best balls typically start picking up i mean you have your degenerates that are jumping into them you know a couple months earlier but this this is the time and then obviously once summer hits and not knowing exactly what the the nfl schedule is going to be but you know i definitely love to to start drafting and you know get some of the some of the tfa fam in on some of it for sure yeah so if you know if anybody's interested just uh reach out to us on twitter at ff underscore authority or you can reach out to any of us at fantasy rat 13 or at c cuts or ff and uh maybe we'll uh start setting them up and we'll uh, let, get people into them. We'll make them private, so we get you know. So it's just uh, listeners of the show for best ball. It'll be fun to kind of track next year. Yeah, let's. Uh, you know what? Um, let's do. Uh, if you leave us a rate and review, the first one we get, I will pay for your your first spot. I, and I will. I will uh, also follow that. So uh, so make that two 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 free spots into the best ball Whew. into the best Whew. ball draft. You know. Whew. <laughs> it's good it's hot in here so anyways let's let's go ahead we'll just jump right into kind of what we want to talk about tonight and actually best ball right so we're going to kind of talk about some of these guys who are a little bit undervalued right now in terms of current adp we're using actually best ball 10s adp right now that they have and some of the some of it like i'm like okay with like i'm fine with some of these guys and where they're going and there's other ones i'm like i don't understand why they're going so low in best ball i, I think let's just kind of start with it you know we'll start with uh, i think we each have a quarterback here on our list of guys that we think are feel are a little underrated right now or undervalued uh, mine is baker mayfield and I get it. Baker Mayfield was did not live up to the hype last year. Um, 
in 2019, and I can see why people are like off him a little bit. He's still not going as low as I thought he may. He's still going around QB 13, QB 14 right now in best ball drafts, but I still think that can be an incredible value for him. I think he can be somebody that gives you that top five production. I'm hoping now with the coaching change that they have there in Cleveland and you know getting rid of Freddie Kitchen, which was an absolute train wreck. They still have all the weapons with OBJ and Jarvis Landry and Austin Hooper now coming aboard. Like they, this, this has the potential, the ingredients, if you will, to turn this into a marvelous chocolate cake, you know, if, if you're into that or whatever. I just think this offense could end up being one of the best in the league. So getting him at QB 13, like I still, th- I still feel like that's pretty solid value. Um, I would feel, feel fine. I am somebody typically, I don't know about you, when I'm doing best ball, I always wait on quarterback. I wait as long as I possibly can. And I think right now there's kind of a, a core group of, of quarterback. With, with your guy, I don't want to give it away, but he's somebody that I've kind of talked about and I haven't really been high on. But looking at his current ADP, and this I basically, when I ran the ADP, because you can set the date range of when it is, I set it from March 1st to today and checked it. And like I was surprised where Teddy Bridgewater's going, and that's who you have. And he has going at QB 30. And I feel like, he, I feel like he'd be on a little higher. So I do think that he's like a decent value. Um, especially if you're somebody who likes to take two quarterbacks uh, in best ball, which is probably a smart move. Um, but it's not some, it's not peril to, for you to do so. But QB 30, like that's pretty a solid value with some of the weapons that they have there. I would I would assume that he I thought he would have went around QB 22, maybe to QB 25. But maybe it hasn't corrected yet. Yeah, man, that was uh, that was exactly where I was going with it too. I'm I'm on the same page as you as far as you know. I don't think he's this great talent or anything, but there are so many pieces around him. I mean, you're obviously talking about DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel. They picked up Robbie Anderson, um, Ian Thomas. I, I still am holding out hope for him, as a, especially as a dynasty tight end. And then obviously Christian McCaffrey. So he's really not going to have to do much. I think this is one of those scenarios where the pieces around him will make his numbers at the end of the year look better than what he actually played. You know what I mean? I feel like they're going to have, it's going to be a lot of spacing, a lot of yak uh, kind of stuff. Even if, so I, I did that too. So I, at first I saw that and I was like, okay, so obviously I think whenever you first pull up and we're getting this ADP from the Best Ball 10s website, uh, whenever you first pulled up, I think it starts back at like February 1st. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, this is obviously because they're, you know, they're, it's such a long time period. It wasn't accounting for, you know, him getting a landing spot in Carolina. So I actually took it down to uh, March 20th until today and it was still only quarterback 27 so again it's just one of those things where the the value like i'm not you know i'm not super high i'm not a, a teddy truther by any means but looking at the pieces around him what they paid him i just i don't think he's gonna have to go out there and completely ball in order to pay off what that uh what his draft costs is currently set up as yeah, I mean, I, I think he's fine, especially around the guys he's going around. So just kind of keeping it moving here a little bit. So some of the other guys that I have at, at running back, I have Kenyon Drake, Marlon Mack, Darius Guys, Tony Pollard. So for me, anyway, some of these guys are saying out to me, like, I feel like Kenyon Drake, again, I think he can easily finish as, a, as, a, as an RB1 this year. And he's kind of, you know, pretty close to that. But I, I feel like with this offense, it's going to take another step forward. The, the addition of DeAndre Hopkins to sort of loosen things up a little bit. And help even help the offensive line a bit more, and help Kenyon Drake. And so, 
with that being said, like I think Kenyon Drake is actually um, you know a pretty solid value right now, and somebody that again I think has, is a pretty pretty safe bet to finish as an RB one, and you can kind of get him right now, you know, in that second third round range, and if you can get him there, I think that's pretty pretty great value. I think right now in the the best ball drafts that I've done so far, which I've done I think three three of them so far, I haven't done a ton of them. I haven't had as much time, but I'm going to start ramping up here soon, especially pre draft because I think with pre draft. The pre-NFL draft, I should say, I think it gives you a little bit of leverage because a lot of these guys haven't really corrected yet, right? Like you can get better value on rookies because people don't really know where they're going. And so that allows you to get a little bit better value. But I have seen some crazy stuff, people talking about like Jonathan Taylor going like RB12, RB13. I think that's a little bit much uh, right now, but not crazy when we've seen it the last couple of years where these these running backs uh, really start to fly up. But um, a lot of these other uh, players, though, where people aren't as familiar with, you know, maybe the Denzel Mims of the world or um, Justin Jefferson or, or guys like that, where people aren't really, um, especially your, your typical, you know, fantasy or redraft guys who maybe just want to jump into some best ball because there's nothing else to do right now. I think you can kind of, there's a, some edge right now in drafting early versus waiting until, you know, we get to August where there's so much more information out there and, you know, kind of everything's been put together by that point. So I, I do like, you know, spending some early rounds at kind of or early best balls and getting in there and getting them done but for me you know like i already mentioned with him and then marlon mack i think if you look at him I mean, he rushed for almost 1100 yards last year eight touchdowns and only 14 games and that offense was not very good uh jacoby Brissett was just you know pretty mad quarterback the entire year and i, I think with philip rivers not that i think philip rivers is gonna all of a sudden turn back into prime philip rivers but i do still think it's an upgrade over jacoby Brissett. I, I think if it's boring you know i don't want to i'm not going to say this the entire pox i feel like it's easy to say like oh you know if they draft somebody here with the thought process of they're not going to draft anybody that's going to really affect marlon mack I, I do think that he's still in a great spot he is somebody that that you're not going to get you know a ton of receptions from i think last year only had like 14 receptions or something like that he's not somebody that's ever really been which is crazy to me because in college like he showed that ability to be a pass catcher and electric in space so i don't know why they've never really given him that opportunity but right now he's going at rb23 he's barely going as an rb2 and that is for me way too low i think you can make a case for top 15 and so at rb23 right now i feel like that's an incredible value and then the other one that i have is well darius guys rb33 is way too low I do think that he is going to be the lead back. Now, of course, we have the questions of, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to stay healthy? He just hasn't been able to do it. But I think he has a Dalvin Cook-like upside if he can stay healthy. This dude is an absolute home run hitter. He can absolutely be an RB1. And we saw it in in the limited opportunities that he had last year as who this guy can be. And so I think people are starting to write him off and kind of let, let him go. And like I think even in Dynasty uh, at, at some level that I think that he could be had at, at a pretty solid value. And he's somebody that I have a lot of interest in. And if he can stay healthy this year, which, again, we can say that about a lot of uh, players. You know, like I said, Dalvin Cook, I kind of had this issue for a couple of years. There's somebody like Arian Foster, guys like that, who they're always perpetually hurt. But if he can stay healthy, RB33 is an absolute steal. Does it worry you at all with uh, with guys in particular, um, just Rivera? coming out and saying that he he normally would lead on lean on a a committee approach uh he's already i mean they have ap there they have uh they have bryce from stanford obviously who didn't play much last year because of the because of the injury i don't think he played at all maybe um then bringing in peyton barber obviously none of those names are really going to scare you but would like just knowing that they're they are bringing in these guys, they are talking up a committee. Obviously, RB thirty three, like it's, that's not sink your draft by any means. 
but does does that again the the price it doesn't really matter at RB thirty three, so it's not you know it's not something that like I said going to sink your draft. But um, what do you think as far as the is the committee approach? Is that anything that I guess just in terms of running backs in general? How, how do you how do you handle that specifically in in best balls? Well, of course, in best ball, what matters more than especially once you get so he's RB thirty three, right? So you're getting him right, early. right. And so that that with that baked in, like it doesn't really bother me because I'm swinging for the fences at that point. I'm looking for purely upside. And the first two, three, four rounds, I I'm I'm a little bit more maybe not not conservative, but I, I'm looking for that uh, a high floor with a ceiling, right? Versus um, and once I start getting later, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth round on, 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 like I'm just purely going looking for upside guys who I feel like that, that could possibly give me RB one or RB two, um, kind of range or guys I feel like we'll have usable weeks. Right. And so with Darius guys, like super running back heavy early, I think we may have, uh, may have lost Kev there. So I will keep talking until, uh, until we figure out what is going on with a uh, frozen Kev over there. Um, the running backs that I had jotted down in terms of undervalued and best ball right now, I have Latavius Murray's coming off the board at RB 43, um, and Jamal Williams at RB 51. Kev was talking about, you know, kind of swinging for the fences once you get to certain points of the draft with Latavius. The, the thing, the thing that I'm looking for is obviously with Kamara, they, they don't want to give him, you know, the, the lion's share there. They they want to use a committee. Um, he he kind of seems to get kind of a, a little run down. I'm not sure what that's necessarily related to, whether it's the workload, uh, whether it's just a certain amount of touches. But obviously, he's been at his best whenever he is splitting time. If you look at what Latavius did last year, he was RB30 in half PPR. And he didn't, I think, I think he had less than 900 yards from scrimmage and only six total touchdowns. Uh, obviously, they, like I said, they like using that committee approach. If this offense can keep up with what it has been in the in the past, um, if he can just snipe a couple of touchdowns, if Kamara goes out for any amount of time, we saw Latavius really step up. Um, and kind of the same thing with Jamal Williams here. He said RB fifty one. I think he was. The floor has already come out and said that again. They're a team that wants to roll with the the committee approach. Last year, Aaron Jones, it was the, his first season where he's been able to stay healthy throughout all 16 games. Um, I think he had missed four in each year, uh, the two seasons prior. And Jamal Williams, you know, we, we saw him, you know, kind of flash. And again, at that RB51, if Aaron Jones goes down, Jamal Williams is more than capable of, uh, of stepping up and filling that role. So I think you'll get some of those weeks where he outperforms Aaron Jones and obviously the you know Kev's favorite word at this time of the year is regression. I think we see Aaron Jones regress in a touchdown department. Do some of those go through the air to the receivers? Sure, but can Jamal Williams take a couple of those? I you know I think he can. So you're going to get to a couple of those weeks where Jamal Williams just kind of spikes randomly, and then if uh, if Aaron Jones goes down, uh, he could easily easily pay off that RB fifty one price looks like kev is back he is i don't know what happened there all of a sudden everything uh, i don't know what's going on thank god for Streamyard that they don't uh, drop the entire thing the, the show continues even if the person who created it drops out so that worked out but uh no yeah um i, I don't know i, I saw that I, I figured it pretty basically cut out right probably when i was talking about darius guys and um but yeah so um you know 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. I don't know. I, I don't got nothing else there. I don't know what to say. Yeah, I, I didn't even say Tyler Johnson, and you're you're malfunctioning right now. So this is uh. Yeah, it threw me off. Threw me off a game. All right, we're back. All right, so uh, we're doing wild, doing crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Kev, tell me, tell me about some of the. Um, I kind of rolled through my, the running backs I had that I had down for undervalued in best ball right now. Who are some of the receivers that you're targeting or that you're looking at as being undervalued at this point in time? Yeah, so the guys I have on my list are pretty much T.Y. Hilton, Jarvis Landry, A.J. Green, and Deshaun Jackson. Um, you know, For reference, you can get T.Y. Hilton at wide receiver 30, Jarvis Landry at wide receiver 31, A.J. Green at wide receiver 33, and then you have Deshaun Jackson at wide receiver 65. So start, starting with kind of like these guys are like kind of all in a row, right? But they all kind of stand out. Jarvis Landry, for one, I don't understand the going at wide receiver 31. I get it in best ball that you're kind of looking for those spike weeks more than, any, uh, more than anything because that, that that's kind of what will uh, win you your win you that week, if you will. Um, but for best ball ten, I mean, it goes off total points anyways. But you're still looking for that that top score every single week. But with Jarvis, like I feel like he's gonna somebody who's gonna give you that solid, you know, ten to fifteen points at least every single week, and can give you, you know, he has that range of potential where he can give you thirty on on a given week, depending on how things go. And I mean, he was kind of um, Baker Mayfield's. Uh, kind of security blanket last year. So I just, I feel like he should be probably going in the wide receiver 20 to 25 range or something, not wide receiver 31. So that really surprised me. I do know now that Austin Hooper's there. It's another target that they're putting into that offense, but right now they don't really have a third wide receiver. And so I think the targets can still be concentrated between him and Odell. And so depending on what happens with Odell, I mean, Jarvis Landry could end up eating in this offense. So I, I think there's a possibility that we could see the, his, you know, Targets go up from last year. I mean, last year the the Browns were tenth in attempts last year. I don't know. I just felt like that that was incredibly low for Jarvis. And then you know, Ty Hilton is still Ty Hilton, and he is kind of that guy that I was just talking about that can definitely give you some boom weeks. And I, I think I think Phil Rivers is still good enough to be able to get hit him on the deep ball, but he's more of a nuanced route runner anyways that can kind of do everything. He's not just your d- typical deep threat. That he was hampered by injuries last year, and he is getting older. He's not you know he, he's not necessarily in his prime anymore, but I still think that you can expect some decent production from him. And they don't again. And if they answer it through the draft, right now they don't. I mean, they, they spent heavy draft capital on a guy that you like and somebody that I think is a, a really solid value late in drafts that uh, you just kind of take as a flyer. You know, right now, in, in terms of just bankable targets right now, you have T.Y., you have Jack Doyle, and then I guess you can make a case like Zach Pascal or something like that, but that's about it, right? And so I, th- I think T.Y. is going to see a lot of targets here, and I really like it with Phillip Rivers in this offense. So I guess maybe I, I like this offense a little bit considering I went with Marlon Mack and now T.Y. Hilton. And then the other one, is A.J. Green. Now, A.J. Green is a complete unknown right now because he basically sat out all of last year because of injury. I think some of it had to do with the fact that he didn't like the situation and the way things were playing out there. I feel like maybe he could have came back, and he's like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm just going to sit it this year out. And then they slapped him with the franchise tag, so we don't know how disgruntled he's going to be you know, and everything else. If he does, if he, if he he ends up coming in, and I think he will, I think you know, if they get Joe Burrow, I like some of the stuff they've done with this offense. I think this offense can be better than what it was last year for sure. The offensive line needs a little bit more upgrading, but I really like some of the stuff that they've done this offseason so I think AJ Green kind of steps into that role again back into that role of being kind of the guy that they lean on they do have Tyler Boyd still and John Ross but I think AJ Green at wide receiver 33 I think it is a pretty solid value where you're getting him as a you know late round wide receiver three 
Um, I, or he's going as a wide receiver three. It's among the wide receivers, but I mean, you're getting him what? Probably fifth, sixth, seventh round, something like that. So I think he can easily, easily beat that. If he can stay healthy this year, I think he has relatively, I, I feel like you can feel pretty confident that he's going to give you some solid weeks. And in best ball, I think that's kind of what you're looking for. If you can get eight to 10 weeks from somebody, a really good production, you're fine with that. And so I think AJ Green at wide receiver 33 is a pretty solid value as, as things stand. Yeah, man. I mean, especially if, uh, you know, if, if it is Burrow at one there and he can come in and, um, you know, we saw Tyler Boyd still be able to produce in a, in a pretty crappy situation. So if AJ Green can stay healthy, I, I really like that call. looks like he was going with, uh, with an overall ADP of 71. So, I mean, you're at that point, you know I mean? You're not, uh, you know, you are, like you said, like, like what you tried to do is kind of you swing for the fences there. So if AJ Green, I still think he's one of the most talented receivers we have in the NFL. So if he's able to stay healthy and put together a, I don't think at this point we can count on him playing all 16, but if he can even play 13, 14 games like that, um, I think he could easily pay off that price. You're right. I mean, you have to go all the way back to 2018, I believe. 2017 was the last time he played uh, full 16 games. So 2018, he only played nine. So, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a concern, but I think a little bit that's baked into his price. So, you know, maybe sitting off a year and everything else uh, will help him out. But I do think that uh, there's nothing that really believes me to believe that he has uh, fallen off uh, all that much. Right. Yeah, you, you touched on... Um... It kind of seems like this is turning into the Indianapolis Colts are undervalued as a whole show. Um, I talked about Paris Campbell last week for the for the Dynasty ADP um, startup show. So if you didn't get a chance to listen to that, I touched on him a little bit. I mean, dude, he's going at wide receiver 72 right now. Um, like you, you already touched on, there's not a lot of players there that are you know that are kind of entrenched as reliable targets ebron's gone so you're basically looking at helton doyle naheem hines i guess since they're reluctant to use uh marlon mack for whatever reason looks like they're a team that you would expect to to add through the draft but they already gave up their first round pick to go get the forest buckner something that uh, that stuck with a lot of people last year that kind of pushed him up a little bit i think he, he was rising even going into the draft but then whenever they you know they had the uh the colts kind of draft room thing on uh on their website and through youtube whenever they landed paris campbell you know everyone seemed super hyped on him they were pumped to get him there uh so right now the colts are looking at uh 34th overall and 44th overall in the in the second round so could they go receiver there i mean i guess they could but i mean i i think that could also be a spot maybe we see like a, a jalen hurts or something go there as well and they i mean they they still have some of the spots in their defense that they uh that they that they also need to address. So again, Campbell going at wide receiver seventy two. One of the things we heard whenever they got Philip Rivers to come in is that they were looking for kind of that quick release, you know, quick developing plays. And last year, Hilton played seventy seven percent of his snaps. He was lined up outside. I mean, I think he has. You already touched on him being a more of a nuanced, detailed uh, route runner. Could he move inside? I think he could, but I think if they can get Paris Campbell operating in space from the slot like that that could be that could be huge for him one of the other guys Christian Kirk going off as wide receiver 34 we've already talked about him a bunch so I'm not going to go into too much there but Kyler Murray second year D-Hop being there to take away some of the 
some of the attention. I think it's I think it's wheels up for Christian Kirk this year. One that surprised me a little bit. Um, Adam Thielen at wide receiver 25. Diggs is gone. This is another situation where you're looking around. You're kind of like, what else is there? I mean, Kyle Rudolph, I guess, is going to show up and do his best Odell Beckham impersonation and catch you know the one-handed touchdowns in the back of the end zone. Irv Smith is, a, is another up-and-comer, someone you should be targeting in your dynasty leagues. But if you can get the wide receiver one for an offense at 25, He's another guy who's kind of been getting hit with that injury bug, but if he's able to stay healthy, you could end up with getting, he's certainly capable of still giving you wide receiver one weeks and you're getting him wide receiver two, you know, beginning of wide receiver three prices. So um, Adam Thielen is a, is a guy who I would be targeting at that point as well. Yeah. I don't really understand that one either, to be honest with you in terms of his, um, where he's going. Like it doesn't make any sense. He feels like he should be, I mean, last year he was like borderline wide receiver one and I know he was hurt for a lot of last year and he is getting a little bit older, but you're right. Like he is going to be a target hog you know, in Minnesota. So I have no idea about that. He should be going among the top, top 15 at at the very, at the very minimum. So I don't really understand that one, but uh, in terms of, um, I want to bring up one Paris Campbell. And then the other one, I didn't talk about Deshaun Jackson, but Paris Campbell, I feel like that he's somebody that didn't, because he did not produce last year. People are going to push him down to sort of kind of forget about him. And I think that's a mistake. I mean, he's somebody, you just going to look at his, just his metrics, right? He ran a four, three, one last year coming out, which is a hundred percentile. He has 117.2, 97th percentile speed score and 135.5, 97, 97th percentile burst score. Super athletic dude, six foot two Oh five. Right. But he just wasn't very, he wasn't utilized very much last year. Only 24 targets was hurt on and off again yep. last year. I think the only decent game he had all year was like 13 fantasy points week nine. We went five for 53, but he just wasn't ever used. I mean, he only had saw three deep targets. How do you have somebody with this kind of game breaking speed, not see more targets than that three deep targets? Like it, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. And I hope that now this year with Philip Rivers, who has much more of that I don't give a fuck attitude and we'll just throw it deep, uh, can really utilize some of these this, this speed that they have because they have speed there, you know, with with Ty and you know Paris Campbell. So hopefully they can kind of open this up a little bit. So I do really like that. And Paris Campbell is the perfect late round um, guy because even if he only gives you, because uh, obviously with best ball we don't really care about you know, consistency that much, right? Especially when you get down here, like if, if he can give you three or four usable weeks, you're thrilled with that, especially at wide receiver 71. He's basically free. Yeah. And so you love that. And then the other one, Deshaun Jackson, again, the guy who was hurt all last year, but we saw in the very limited opportunity with the Eagles last year, that what they were able to do with Carson Wentz. So this is a team that doesn't really have a lot of wide receivers either. We, we all, we're all expecting them to draft a wide receiver early in the draft coming up but still i don't think that hurts him all that much and i think that he can come back this year and i think wide receiver 65 is way too low for him and i think that's another incredible value again somebody that if you get at that range if he gives you four or five really usable weeks you're you're thrilled with it and i think he can easily beat that so as long as he can stay healthy i guess he had like a, a core muscle injury last year that kind of helped him out and deterred him he was there was talk that he maybe he could get back for the playoffs or something like that that obviously didn't happen so i like deshaun jackson and i think that he's a perfect best ball target you know late in drafts and i, I love the, the paris campbell call as well um let's jump over into the tight ends uh we each have one for that as well for tight ends, I have Blake Jarwin 
So for me, like if you look at Blake Jarwin, like on the surface, he, there's not a lot that draws into, into him because he hasn't been given a lot of opportunities because last year Jason Witten was there. But if you look at it just over the last two years, you know, a, a, as a as a tight end, he's had 77 targets, 58 receptions, 672 yards, and six touchdowns. But the things that really stood out to me were his yards per reception, which is 11.59 over that span and 8.73 yards per target. That is some that, that is some territory you see with guys like George Kittle and Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews like the really elite tight ends hunter henry and so i think blake jarwin is really really quietly somebody who or probably going to pick up more and more steam as long as the the cowboys don't go do anything and really add through the draft like a tight end or anything like that early as long as that doesn't happen i think blake jarwin is somebody who can be an absolute steal and kind of be possibly the actual austin hooper of last year where kind of that late round tight end wherever that uh, that really pays off his value like i think blake jarwin can easily do that especially now with jason witten gone from that offense like he should be the tight end one there and with this offense, with Mike McCarthy and everything else, I really like the recipe for Blake Jarwin, and so I have no problem going go, going with him as my you know as a late round flyer on a tight end. No, not at all. It, that wouldn't surprise me as well. Whenever I saw it, I mean, he just signed that contract. I mean, we just saw Jason Witten be you know I mean be be usable. I guess our guy Justin Mandaro kept kept talking him up a little bit. Whether that's whether that's you know warranted or not. He still, you know, still put up some stats. So um, that that one did surprise me. the The one I threw out here, he's going right after, uh, or right right before, <clears throat> right before rather, uh, your boy Blake Jarwin, guy we've already talked about a little bit. So I'm, I won't spend too much time on him. But Jack Doyle, like I said, this has turned into the Indianapolis Colts hour here at the the TFA pod. Um, it's it's just opportunity. You have Philip Rivers coming in, um, someone who's who's always been known to target his tight ends and as of right now as everything stands not a lot of not a lot of options not a lot of targets that are going to be guaranteed going anywhere outside of TY as much as we like Paris Campbell I mean he's he's a he's going at wide receiver 72 probably for a reason I still think that's way too low but there's obviously question questions surrounding him so jack doyle at that point is uh is somebody that i will i'll definitely be targeting yeah i like that call as well i he's somebody again i think we've kind of talked about this him for multiple weeks now is why he's not going any higher is he gonna be our uh our austin hooper <laughs> this year i mean i just I already used that call with uh with uh blake jarwin so i love me some blake jarwin and i think that blake jarwin could really explode this year and so right now that's kind of where i stand we'll see how things go you know obviously things progress and they things change but uh i have no problem with jack doyle either so uh from those two perspectives so um i think those are pretty much our uh best ball targets that we have so i guess just to recap i had baker mayfield Kenyon drake marlon mack darius guys tony pollard ty hilton Travis, jarvis landry aj green deshaun jackson and blake jarwin and you had uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Latavius Murray, Jamal Williams, Paris Campbell, Phelan, Christian Kirk, and Jack Doyle. So uh, that pretty much wraps up for the best ball talk. Once again, I just want to thank everybody for checking out the show. We will have another show again. Uh, it'll be coming out on Friday. That will be pretty much, uh, we'll be talking about our favorite undervalued rookies right now heading into rookie drafts or heading into the NFL draft. And that will be out on Friday. The other thing is, that, like we mentioned, hit us up on Twitter, um, leave a rating and review and send it to us that you left it, you left one on on iTunes, and if you're not somebody that's on iTunes, so it's not just people on iTunes, um, just send us an email at the fantasy authority one at gmail.com and just let us know, you know, what you like about the show or maybe something that we need to fix and or something we could do better at or a topic you'd like to see us cover more. And 
um, you know, that'll just get you entered for, you know, two free spots to getting into a best ball 10, which is, you know, a free opportunity to win some money and, you know, something to pass the time with because, you know, we all love drafting. That's our favorite part of fantasy football anyway. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So that's all you got to do. Like I said, rating and review on iTunes or email us or DM us, whichever one, you know, and just let us know, you know, something that you like about the show and something that maybe you think that we should get better at or whatever. This show is for you guys. It's what we do it for. And we really appreciate all the support, you know, all the, the views and everything else that we've been getting. Also check out our YouTube channel on um, the Fantasy Authority on YouTube. And we have a lot of stuff on there, prospects that we where we talk through with uh, some guests that we've had on and stuff like that. And we'll have some some a lot of great content moving forward. Um, we're pretty much going to be going all off season, so you know a lot of a lot of podcasts take the take the week off if you were, or take the off season off and kind of uh you know come back you know once redraft season or whatever gets going. Uh, we are you know all year round. So, anyways, um, I hope you guys have a good week, and we I will we will talk to you guys again on Friday. Peace. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.